0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. PDWL reward prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tea Party Podcast. It's the podcast where you find new friends and new music. And this week I am joined by Ethan Bell, the frontman of the Chicago-based The Ethan Bell Band, and Ethan, thanks for uh, jumping on with me tonight, man. Yeah, Ty.
1: No problem, man. I'm uh, I'm actually a big fan of so it's cool that it um that I get to be on it.
0: Well, that means a ton to me, man. Like I, I created the show to help give guys like you and your band kind of an outlet to to you know, build kind of a bigger audience and get more of an intimate feel with their fans. It's awesome to uh to kind of be recognized for that by somebody that's in that position. I appreciate that a ton.
1: Yeah, I think you're killing it man. You yeah. know? I uh, I heard about you from uh from another artist that you had on and I've been kind of listening to your back catalog and like i've been i've been uh connecting with some of the other artists that you put on and it's been like it's been a cool networking thing on that end. and for okay. me so i don't know it's just it's awesome all around so, hey
0: that, that that's good to hear hey i'm glad that it's paying off for uh for you guys out there and that uh that's making it worth it for you guys to uh to take some time and actually jump on here with me so no scheduling's yeah, kind of crazy
1: yeah right everyone's so busy you know oh, but
0: for sure well, when I'm out here in the, in the Pacific time zone, everybody else that I want to talk to is back in central time, so that makes it a little tougher, too.
1: Yeah, what what time is it right now for you?
0: So it is uh, just almost 5 o'clock out here.
1: okay. So right. just yeah, two, I mean, two hours ahead I'm of you guys. I'm a musician, so I work late anyway, you know, so
0: well, not bad. And that's the thing that I run into when I'm trying to schedule people for this podcast is I'm available at nighttime, and that's when all the musicians work. So so it's right. trying to find a time that like yeah. hey, I know I know you have this one night off with your family this week. Can you take like half an hour to chat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here, let's start with uh before we get into the band and everything that you guys are doing there, let's start with who you are. Give us the Ethan Bell like Wikipedia. Where'd you come from? How did uh how'd you get where you're at now?
1: Yeah, sure. So the the short first paragraph on Wikipedia. Um, I, was, I was born uh, in Lombard, Illinois. Uh, my family moved to Yorkville, uh, where I live now uh, when I was six. And my, my family was we, my, we weren't like a bunch of musicians, but uh, me and my sisters were homeschooled and we all used to sing and kind of make plays and you, know, just put on shows uh, from like a real young age. And my dad played in church. Um, and I would, I would pretend to play guitar on, like, a notepad. So I was always kind of really into music, um, and I, I, I sang a lot first, um, you know, I would, like, memorize songs, like, stuff that my sisters listened to, like, the Backstreet Boys and stuff like that, because I, all I knew was, like, what my sisters listened to, because I was home school, you know, and, um, and, or church music. And then, um, when I was, like, 16, I, um... I, I got my license. I started doing like open mics and stuff like that, and I don't really know what I was doing. Um, but I was teaching guitar lessons, and I, I wanted to find a way to get more students. So I was I started playing to be able to teach more kids because I thought I could make you know money doing that way. Like I always had like a, a business mindset, um, and so I, I did that, and I actually still have a studio. Right now, uh, we have like 70 clients, and uh, we're doing a recital this Sunday, so I'm getting ready for that. But um, I, I started kind of focusing in on, on country music like about about five years ago when I started my band. Um, you know, that was like when Cruise came out and, you know, country music kind of changed for this this, uh, this generation of country music, and like that was... For me like that stuff is all a huge combination of stuff that like i ended up listening to like you know as i got older because i was a teenager you know, was like there's like a huge rock influence there's like a huge like hip-hop influence and uh, there's like still the country storyteller influence and um i just fell in love with that stuff man so and then i i started my band and we've been kind of playing as a, as a cover band uh, i don't like to use the word cover band or like be like we play original music i don't like to use those terms but we were we were just kind of playing a bunch of covers and doing a bunch of our stuff and just this year we put out our first album and um and are starting to 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 push that so
0: well and i definitely want to get into that and, and the new album and the music that you guys have out there but you're from this little town in illinois how did you end up you know gravitating towards that country sound because it sounds like you were kind of all over the place which is which is great for from a songwriting perspective moving forward but what was it that really kind of drew you in to the country sound because you mentioned cruise but your music isn't really the the florida georgia line style of country music
1: no not at all it's it's very all over the place is a good thing i think i think honestly we're still i'm still trying to find like what me and my sound is you know you can't i i when I first started playing, I, I just made a request list and asked people to, you know, cause and you got to think about this too. Like I was homeschooled. So until about middle school and then I went to a private school and then I finally went to public school or high school and, uh, and then actually ended up, I, I, I finished high school at Waubonsie community college. I, I graduated like two years early. Um, but so, like I wasn't exposed to a lot of different music, so like everything was new music to me, and so I just it's like I just listened to everything that I could, and I ended up listening to a lot of like top top hits from all the decades because my uh, I, I like I said, I put out this request list and I just started learning music that you know people people asked me to learn you know and so um, so I kind of got into country music, a buddy of mine his name's Woody James and he lives down in Nashville right now is as, as uh he's working in a band called Carolina Pine they're pretty awesome you guys should go check them out um, but he it wasn't until I met up with him it was I don't know I was like 18 19 something like that and we kind of started playing together and he introduced me to like Johnny Cash and um you know like you know Merle Haggard and and I, I, I thought that stuff was cool, too, because I'd never heard it before. You know? But, um, but I w- it wasn't like my thing, you know what I mean? And like once, once I started listening to uh, you know, like Florida Georgia Line and Sam Hunt and stuff like that, that's, that's when I got into country music.
0: So. Well, so now you're, you're out there. You've got the Ethan Bell Band. How, oh, let's start off. Introduce everybody that's in the band. They're not with us, but they definitely deserve recognition.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, so Brandon Weber, uh, is our guitar player, uh, and singer and, uh, and our road manager. Um, so he, he, me and him met through a mutual friend. Um, he grew up, um, in like all over the place. Uh, and he's currently living in Plano, Illinois, which is just one town over from Yorkville. Um, so we met, through like a mutual friend at like an open mic night and i had him audition for the band uh, to play he, uh i'm a big zach brown band fan and so i i asked him to uh, to play the wind by zach brown band are you familiar with the song yeah so it's got that really cool like uh like chicken picking guitar line mm-hmm. you know that kind of leads us like pretty much the whole song is pretty difficult to play and uh, he just totally botched his audition. Um <laughs> <laughs> he didn't you know, he didn't learn the song. But we were I I when I was like sixteen I started running this open mic in Yorkville. And so I invited him out. It was like my first regular gig. It was every Wednesday night. And I invited him out and it, it was kinda like a jam session and sometimes it was just me playing. Sometimes it was like, you know, other bands would come and I would just run sound and but uh But he came and played. We played like for like two hours or something. He was just sitting in and, um, and he was awesome. So, so we, we got together and then we had a couple other guys that we, we tried working with and it, it didn't, uh, it just didn't line in or lock, you know, it just didn't lock, you know, it's like, (laughs) and so we, we had a bunch of different names and I think we probably spent like a year, half, like between half a year and a year together looking for, the rest of the band and um, Johnny Gifford, our drummer, uh, he's from Boylston, Massachusetts. He was a NIU student, and he um, he was he was referred to me by the guy that we were working with, Mike Schwebke. awesome guy, awesome steel pan player, um, and so I was I was going to Davenport to play this this gig in Davenport, Iowa and uh i needed a a drummer and so johnny sub- sat in and it was a, it was the same thing where we didn't really rehearse much and i just need someone to like play a cajon or like play a drum kit you know just to have some percussion uh, cuz this it this college bar that i was playing at and um and i forgot my guitar at the gig no like, from back home and uh and so me and Johnny are like scrambling to try to find somebody to like bring a guitar. And he ends up calling a buddy that we rented this guitar from his friend. Well, it was like a friend of a friend of another friend. It was like, Johnny didn't even know this guy. And it was this Epiphone Les Paul. And it, it was missing like three or four strings. And the guy brought it and I was like, it's, I guess it's better than nothing. You know what I mean? So like I was playing like, like I, I'm pretty sure it was the E and A string. I'm pretty sure the, the strings change every time I tell this story, but <laughs> it was like, there was just two strings on the guitar and I had to relearn like every song, you know, basically I was just like playing like power chords or something for all these songs. And Johnny was playing drums and I don't know, it was like, it was such a cool experience and we still like got everybody going and had an awesome time. Um, so after that, I was like, all right, this this is the guy, you know, and, uh, and then Johnny's good friend Eric, uh, also, who also went to NIU, um, is a bass player. And, uh, we were looking for a bass player and he's just like, oh, let's just call Eric Smith. So that's how I met Eric. Um, and he's, he's our bass player. So we, we, our first official show together as, as, as that group, as the Ethan Bell Band was on Black Wednesday. It'll be five years ago, this Black Wednesday, uh, which if you don't know, Black Wednesday is the Wednesday before uh, Thanksgiving. So they call it Black Wednesday. It's a huge bar night out here. And it's, you know, Blackout Wednesday because you just you could just party all night long. No one has work the next day, blah, 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 blah. So our first show was at this it was Blackout Wednesday at this bar called the Mustang. Um, and it was it was in. A, town near DeKalb where, you know, by NIU, it was called Malta, Illinois. It's the only bar in this town. And the probably capacity at this place was like 40 people. You know, it was like a super small place. And the whole, like, the whole town came out. And, like, you couldn't get through this bar. You had to, like, leave the front, through the front door to get to the bathroom around Like the back of the bar to go through the back door to get into the bathroom. Like, it was just, it was a crazy night. That's nuts. And we probably weren't ready to play the show, you know, because, like, we had just gotten together, the four of us, uh, maybe a month before, probably not even a month before. And so Eric had to learn, like, 60 songs, you know, uh, like, in a couple weeks. (laughs) And uh, I don't know, it was just, it was a great experience, and we all really dealt well together. So we kind of, took it from there and um my whole thing was was getting getting us just getting us regular work you know whether it was like playing a uh, and i don't really care at the at at the time it was just like if i'm gonna if we're gonna do a band like we gotta start making some money so we can like justify like playing music you know what i mean um so i just started we just started playing anywhere and everywhere um that would have us come play just kind of still at that point, just playing whatever, you know. So, um, but yeah, they're great guys. Now, now, and now, currently, um, we also have Andrew Schneider. He just joined us last year. He's from uh, Rochelle, Illinois, and he went to Milliken, and he's our he's our full time engineer. So, awesome dude.
0: Yeah, I actually uh, I have a a buddy that I used to work with uh, from Effingham that actually went to uh, to Milliken also say yeah, uh, okay it's not a very big school so that's say uh, a fun little connection
1: yeah well you and Brandon actually went to Milliken too oh, uh, nice. before Andrew so we're all like me Donnie, and Eric were like you know twenty twenty six twenty seven twenty eight and Brandon's got like nine years on him. <laughs> and then Andrews like I think Andrew's like thirty or something like that so um so yeah, so we got a little age gap there. but
0: Well, and we talked about this a little bit over text and then you brought it up again, but you guys being kind of a, a relatively new band in, in the scheme of things and still kind of trying to carve out your own space, but we talked about the grind that you have to put in to kind of build that up a little bit and, and going out and booking a, a steady oh, yeah. stream of shows, but what what's it like when you take the stage in a place where there's like 40 people versus somewhere where there's a couple of hundred? I mean, is there a different feeling there or are you just kind of in the groove either
1: It so it's uh it it does feel different but what like we've literally like ground out from like playing like restaurants to like putting on like full-on shows you know so so what what we've developed as a band is like just a really good chemistry um between the four of us you know playing and and our whole thing is like it's it doesn't matter how many people are there like we're going to act like it's a it's a crazy full house and put on the same show you know and so that's that's kind of been our thing and as we as we started to play like a lot of these bigger college bars and some of these bigger festivals that we've done like country thunder um we found that like having that crowd with the energy like there's just this awesome there's just this awesome exchange of energy that happens when you're playing for a for a huge, you know, sold out room and stuff. And then when there's like, you know, 10 people, but, um, but we still put on the same show, you know? And, and what I've done more recently is like, if it's a small, like I just played down the street from my house, um, at this bar called Lee's place. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's just a small place, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a neighborhood called Lake Holiday, and it's kind of like a, like a lake house, like, summer place, and people live out there. And so it's like a bar for that. And um, and so I think we had, like, you know, we had, like, maybe, there were maybe, like, three people there. You know, like a really small place, small show. And, uh, you know, it was cool, though, because, like, now that we're putting out our own stuff, those smaller shows are, are you can really talk to people and get to know people that are coming to see you and um and tell the stories behind your song and talk about all that stuff and you know you it's you can do that at a, at bigger shows too, but it's it's not quite the same within those intimate settings so.
0: it's definitely a different energy, even just in the crowd when you when you have a band that's up there in front of ten or twenty or fifty people versus when you're at you know a sold out show in a bigger venue, so I can definitely see why that'd be different. For, for the band up there, but you touched on it a little bit. You guys just put out uh, your debut album back in July, right? It's called the Ethan Bell Band.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was I'm, I'm pretty sure it dropped in August. I can't, I can't <laughs> honestly remember. It's, that's a good thing. <laughs> but know, it was, right? It was like August or July. It was like the end of July, early August, mid August, something like that.
0: Yeah. So then you describe you guys describe your sound as retro pop mixed with country music. And after listening to that album, I don't know that there's that I've seen a more accurate description of, of anybody's style than that. Cause like you guys have this catchy piece, but it also doesn't sound like the Florida Georgia line or the bro country kind of catchy. It's still got that, the retro country kind of feel.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, we, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I don't take myself very seriously, I guess, you know, like, some of that uh like the like the harder stuff. Like we've we've written some harder stuff and I just like I'm I'm too goofy of a guy. You know, so we have songs like Party Buster Together for tonight that are kinda like silly songs. They're like they're just kinda like they're, there's a little bit of goofiness to it, you know? Um and then and then I I mean I love I love all the all the kind of hip hop y kind of stuff that's out there too. I just I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm that good at it, you know what I mean? Or maybe, you know, I don't know. I think, I think there's like such a, a big collection of different styles and genres. And, um, you know, I think that's just, as we keep putting stuff out, I think it's going to kind of hone in, you know, or maybe we'll do like a Zach Brown band and kind of like put out concept albums or something like that. You know, I think, I think we have the capability to do that kind of thing. So,
0: well, and I want to talk about one of the songs. You gave us a couple of songs uh, to share with everybody. The first one's called Hold You Now. It's off of that album. How did that song come about?
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a... I, I started writing with a guy in, in town in Yorkville here named Tim Gleason. Uh, he's an awesome dude, awesome writer. Um, he's actually the, the the first person that ever, like, took me down to Nashville. This was... Um, I don't even know, man. It was maybe, like, it was before, I think it was before I had the band, honestly, where we started writing and kind of doing stuff. And um, we had written a song called Paid to Party, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was, a, it was a heavier, grittier song, not not really me. But we went down and did a demo with, like, a Beard music group, and, um, and you know, it was a cool song. And then we we were just writing other stuff together. And uh, holding Now was a song that that he had brought the he had brought actually the song almost like half written already. I think he had just about all the verse with minus like like uh, the melody was kind of loose on it. And then the chorus he had the chorus done, and then I think we wrote the bridge together. But um, you know it was like we wrote it like right around when Sam Hunt album came out and there was a little bit of that like talky singing stuff in there And um, I just I, he, he brought me the song and I was like this is I just I really really love the chorus and then and we kind of followed it up from there so
0: well and I want to talk to you a little bit more about making that album and the way that you guys released it but first let's let everybody take a listen to this one it's called Hold You Now by the Ethan Bell
1: Band
2: I want to take tonight When you wake up next to me You're going to wake up young and free I don't want to hold you down I just want to hold you now How many times do I have to walk by And pretend that I accidentally catch your eye yeah, I'ma skip all the cheap lines and you can quit acting like you got somewhere better to go your smile is telling me everything oh everything I need to know and you don't have to worry about what this means
0: that one is called hold you now by the ethan bell band and ethan if people want to go find that obviously they can find it on spotify but how do they follow you guys on social media
1: oh everything's just at ethan bell official so we're we're mainly uh focused on facebook and instagram Uh, and then our music is up on spotify and uh pretty much anywhere else you can go listen to stuff it's 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 like your your Google Play, your Amazon music, your iTunes, your it's it's all that stuff, you know? Um and then we have our website, ethanbellband.com, but it's just a splash page that takes you to our socials. So
0: well, that's a that's a good place to start then. But so that song is track number four off of uh, your guys' debut album. But take us through what that journey was like. You know, you build the band, then you try and build the following after that. What at what point did you guys kind of decide? Okay, we need to put out music, uh, our own music, because you you started as a cover band and now you're, or not really a cover band, but you know you have enough songs now of your own.
1: Yeah, well, you know what it is is like I never I never use the term cover band because my like long term goal was always to start writing music and doing it, and I kind of wanted to keep the packaging the same. If that makes sense.
0: Yep, definitely. You know, so
1: it's like people are like, Oh yeah, the Ethan Bell band, I know them. And then that way it's not like, guys, we're going from being a cover band, now we're an original <laughs> band. You know what I mean? Like I didn't wanna yeah. like have that conversation. So rather than doing that, we just never really put a label on it. And uh and so we right. were actually playing most of the songs that you hear on that album, we were already playing out live for a while. Um and in the, the conversation at the shows was kind of just like, hey, these are some songs we're putting together, you know. Or, like, you know, I was writing, I've been writing a lot over the last two years, and so I'll, I'll usually play new stuff at shows, too. With um, the conversation with the guys, we had we put out on the 17th, or, I'm sorry, not the 17th, uh, 2017, we had uh, put out Party Bus, just as, like, a fun song, just to, like just to like throw it out there and be like oh look we wrote a song and it's fun and we can sing it at the bars when everybody's drunk you know um, and people still request that at our shows you know it's it's just kind of a dumb song but it's uh, I don't know it's a lot of fun well and so, it's a heck of a way to kick then, off an album yeah yeah it's like there's kind of like a medicine to it too or it's like the first track on the album it's like hop on the party bus like come along for the ride mm-hmm. with the album you know or like we, we would open up our shows with it, too. And it's kind of like, let, this is going to be a good time, you know. Um, and then we put out Hold You Now uh, back in 2017, too, like in August. And then, and then the other two that we put out in 2018 was uh, Some Girls Just Got It and On Your Mind. And uh, we just, we just kind of wanted to like start putting something out there. And like we didn't have a process built around it and you know, a lot of this was like and we didn't we didn't necessarily know a lot of guys in in our circuit or in in the area that were doing the same thing. So it's not like we really had a model of like this is how you're supposed to go do this, you know. And um and like at the time it wasn't like, Oh, you know what, we'll just like stop what we're doing here, we'll go move to Nashville and we'll just figure it out down there, you know. So So we, we kind of were already playing a ton and was like, well, let's, let's see what it's like to put something like this together. So those are kind of like little tests to like see what our recording process was going to be like and like how that's all going to go. Um, and then I was doing a lot of like demo, like making demos for the songs that I was writing with like some of the Nashville guys that I was writing with, you know, working on getting cuts and stuff like that. Like, on the on the back end of that and i told the guys in the band and i was like you know what like we've got all these songs i'm playing and our fan it was a it was at the point where our fans are like why don't you guys have a cd you know what i mean like we come and listen to these songs at your shows but we want to listen to them all the time and so we didn't we necessarily have like you know 20 grand to drop on an album and so i was like why don't we just do something like simple you know we can we can do it like with, with my my equipment that I'm using to make demos and stuff like that. And like we can take the, for, for the fans that really want to hear our stuff and want to take it. And then we can use it as a platform to launch and like do something bigger next year or in two years. You know, like we'll use the money from the album to do like, you know, something bigger, go down to Nashville, hire a producer, you know, stuff like that. Um, just as a, as kind of like...
0: Chumba Chumbacasino.com dot com. No Eighteen
2: plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Like a as a small step forward. So that's what we did. You know, over the la- over like a handful of months. You know, we, we recorded the songs and you know mixed them and mastered them and and uh, it was a it was like a self produced thing. You know, so it was our first whack at at, at that. And and I, I mean honestly, we learned just so much as a band and so like me personally. Like as a songwriter and a performer and all that, it was like it was a, it was a great growing experience for me. And uh, and our fans are really happy about it too. So.
0: Well, and going back and forth, or you know, going back and forth to Nashville to try and get that sound. You guys are working on that right now for some new music for twenty twenty, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So actually, right now we're um, so one of one of the guys that I've been writing with over the last few years uh just started a a music group they're called the next level music group and uh he's been he's been going back and forth from nashville over the last like um i don't know like five years or something like that he's out of woodridge illinois up here and he just he wanted to he wanted to do something bigger than just be like hi i'm steve and i'm a songwriter you know yeah and so he started the next level music group and so i'm working with him um, he's almost like my, he's almost like my, my writing manager, if, that, if that's even, I don't think that's really a thing, but like, he's doing, he's like managing my writing schedule and, uh, you know, helping me with that. And then, uh, we're working with my manager, my booking manager, uh, Francesca with Blue Ant Music. And we're, we're kind of putting together a whole, a whole, uh, plan for 2020 and 2021. Um, so right now we're we're talking to producers um, and uh, we're doing we're doing interviewing producers right now. So we've got we got a good amount of money put away for uh, from from album sales and just and just playing a lot. And um, so we're going to do two new singles in uh, in 2020, and uh, we're going to be going down to Nashville, bringing the guys out. Working with a working with a producer. I don't I don't have a name of the producer yet. Um, but they're all the guys that we're interviewing are all uh, are all working with like major label artists. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that because um, it's just it's just my whole thing has always been to like you know do a little bit more every year, and this, this is this is pretty big for us.
0: Well, well that, that's definitely a I'm, big step. You know, getting getting to the point where you can attract somebody that's, uh, you know, a producer that works with bigger names like that. I mean, that opens up doors, especially in a town like Nashville.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, so we got two big releases for 2020. We're going to do a small Midwest tour. Um, and we're doing a small radio tour too with that. So, I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the most we've ever done as a band. Um, and we, because we've, we've done so much, over the last five years it's like we everything is just kind of an the next step up the ladder you know what i mean like we this year we'll play like almost 200 shows um and so we have like a great foundation of like of a network of playing um to be able to like build up that next step of of doing like a small tour and doing all this extra radio and PR stuff and, um, and it's like, it's not like a huge strain on us to do that, you know, and we're still making money and and paying all our bills and stuff like that. So, um, I'm really happy about that. And then, and then for 2021, the plan is, um, is we're going to, we're going to use what we're building here in 2020 to, to put out, uh, to put out a new album. And uh, with the, with the hoping that we can, we can either get um, some label support or, uh, you know, a bigger name producer um, from the stuff that we're doing here in 2020. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited, man. You know, and my wife and I are talking about moving to Nashville too. You know, it's like, as a, as a, like, there eventually that there'll be that bridge point too.
2: So
0: Yeah. I was, I mean, I was going to say that's got a not just eat up the cost when you've got to travel back and forth, but also the time. I mean, that's, it's not a long flight between, I'm assuming you're flying out of Chicago or or driving down. Like that's not, it's not a huge distance, but it's definitely one that I'm sure over time gets a little bit monotonous and eats up some of that creative time that you might have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like this year, I actually, because of how busy the band was, I didn't, I didn't spend any time in Nashville. Um, Like I, I do, I write, Almost a hundred percent on skype um which is awesome because I can I write with people in Canada and Nashville and Florida you know kind of all over the l a you know' just kind of all over the place and um uh so but we just we just bought a house so I'm married I've got I've got five kids um and uh, we're all very happy here in Yorkville so i we just bought our first house and um and so I just kind of just to save on the cost and with as much as the band is doing already, it was like, we'll just, I'll stay here, you know? And then, so this next year though, I will, I'll probably be taking a handful of trips down there and I'm working on, um, some working on trying to get a publishing deal. And, um, and then obviously the stuff with the band too, you know, it's kind of like, I'm kind of like always playing like, wear multiple hats you know it's like there's like the artist hat there's like the songwriter hat there's the 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 band manager hat you know it's like even though i have a band manager you know i still have to have those meetings and put that together and i don't know there's there's always a million things to do so
0: well and technology yeah. has taken some of that strain off of it but it's also opened some some other doors And i've been having this conversation with people more recently about uh, the way that they release music. I mean, you guys, obviously, you, you put out that first album because you wanted to get something out there that you could put physically in the hands of your fans or give them a collection that they could listen to. But now next year, you've just got a couple of singles. Is that something you guys are kind of weighing is, is how you release that stuff? I mean, is it have you kind of drawn the line that you just want two singles next year and then an album the year after that? Or are you still kind of playing with the best way to release the most consumable music?
1: Yeah, well, so the big, like, the big rock for me next year is 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 doing something and and building more of a network in in Nashville. And like what I'm doing with with the Next Level Music Group, they're building their network more down there. And and so it's like getting with getting with some some producers with some credits, and then that opens the door to to more songwriters and more writers. And it's just it's like you meet one person. And then you meet two more people, and then you meet five more people, and and it's like, it just builds up, you know. It's like even just like figuring out about this podcast that you're doing. It's like Mike uh, Mike Keys uh, that you you had him on for your uh, writers retreat episode, you know, with with Autumn Marie. It's like I met I I knew him from when he lived out here, and then he started putting music out, and I was kind of following up and catching up with him, and and then I saw that, and now we're talking, and then I met. Um I met her and uh and we're probably gonna write together in Jane oh, of see next you. year. So yeah. it's like and then and then we write together and maybe that maybe that goes awesome and then we are now like tapped into each other's networks, you know. So like that's that's just a powerful tool. Or like even just being on this podcast right now. You know, it's like that that leads to uh, meeting other people. You know, like Austin Jenks dude, I love that guy. Um,
0: His music is fantastic.
1: We we dude, talked about he's that on Instagram so good. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs>
2: he's
1: he's probably sick of hearing us talk about it. But um, but no, I mean, I I saw him. Let's see, I saw him at Windy City Smokeout this year. He played the like the the, and I don't know what they called it this year, but it's basically basically you have like the main stage that's all the way. Mm-hmm on one end, um, and then you have the other, on the way back end, by the food and stuff, they have like the, like the, it's like a radio station, sponsored stage, and it's like, it's like up and coming, Nashville picks, or something like that, and he was on that stage, it was just him and his guitar playing, and, uh, and he played like, uh, We Made It, he played Fat Kid, he played, um, he played like two other songs, uh, you know, uh, I bet you look good in it. What's what's that one? Uh, look good in it, right? Yeah. He uh but he played like those songs and I was like, Oh that's cool. And then he also played Country Thunder. And I'm I'm like ninety percent sure I saw him at Country Thunder too. And so it was like when I when I heard him on the show and I started hearing his music, I was like, Shit, I know this guy. Like that's you know, small world. So well, Yeah, and that's I mean, what I'm talking about. It's well, like one you thing one talk
0: about really that. Better, you know? Yeah, you talk about that connection and I mean, really, for you, you know, the connection that we have here with you being on the podcast started on, like, episode three um, with a guy named Jesse Quant, and he introduced me to Lila Bowden, and then uh, um, she introduced, or Autumn heard that one, so then Autumn introduced me, or uh, I guess reached out, came on, then she introduced me to Michael, and then you heard the Michael episode, and then here you are. I mean, it's it's like six steps to get to, to get here, but... It really is. I I don't think people realize how small the country music family is in Nashville, just how small that network really is. I mean, there's a million people there, but it really just takes you talking to, to the one guy to to make it happen. And with Austin, I saw him at Watershed this year, and I okay. he was one of those guys that I had circled on the schedule. I'm like, okay, I have to be there to see him. And then I ended up somewhere else for the first i don't know song or two of his set but by the end of his set he was up there jumping and dancing around and it was it was just this crazy atmosphere in the building um, and he's since then has become one of my favorite artists to listen to uh, i've i got his vinyl record i don't know a month ago and it has not left my record player at all at all that's awesome but um oh go ahead man
1: Oh, no, go ahead. I was just gonna talk more about more
0: about Awesome Jinx. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so you've got you gave us another song. Uh, you guys just released a music video for this. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be a couple of weeks ago. It's a song called Hurt Somebody. It's your first single. Uh, you know, I I love this song just because of the story. Uh, when you listen to it, it, it kind of pulls you in a couple of different directions. But how did this one come about?
2: Okay, so
1: um. This was a song that, uh, you know, like when you're writing songs, there's a couple different ways to do it, and you know, a lot of the ways that that I end up writing is usually we get together at the beginning of the write whoever I'm writing with, and we'll throw out like three titles, you know, and we'll use write from the title, um, or you know, sometimes you write from a, you have a melody or you have a song half written, like Hold You Down, you know, where it's like this song I almost have finished, let's finish it now. But uh, heard Somebody with the title that Steve Smentek brought, and it was just a two-way write. And he was like, you know, I pitched this to one of my, one of my uh, female artists, and she was like, I don't think I can write this. I think it'd be better with, like, a male artist. I think you should write with a male artist, and, you know, that would be cool. So he brought it, and the song pretty much just fell out, you know, like in, like, 90 minutes, you know. Um, but the whole idea behind the song, it's just kind of a playful, like, flirtatious song you know this this uh, the guy in the song it's like his his wife or his girlfriend is like gonna go out you know and she looks all dressed in the eyes and he's like he's like oh you look so good tonight you know oh, you you're gonna break some hearts out on that dance floor because you know i know you're coming home to me and all those guys out there don't <laughs> so it's it's just kind of this guy like flirting with this girl like before she goes out to go have fun you know um and I, you know, I, he and I both married, and you know, we we kind of drew from that, where it's like, oh, honey, you look great. Like, oh, break some hearts out there, you know.
2: So,
0: well, here, let's uh, let's let everybody take a listen to it. This one's called The Hurt Somebody" by the Ethan Bell
1: Band.
2: always wrecks my world Well everyone's gonna be looking at you when you walk in the room and I'll tell you the truth I already know what you're gonna do You're gonna hurt somebody out there on the floor The way you move that body nobody can ignore So have your fun till last call Those other guys don't see Is that you're coming home you're going to hurt somebody I ain't joking when I say you're going to break some hearts Every guy's going to want to know who you are They've been chan you up, getting to know your friends Baby, where you been, what you drinking already know how the story ends you're gonna hurt somebody out there on the floor the way you move that body nobody can ignore so have your fun till last call those other guys don't see is that you're coming home to me yeah you're gonna hurt somebody stage dancing with the band ain't nobody as beautiful
0: is called hurt somebody by the Ethan bell band and Ethan, you guys just put out the music video for this one, uh, it was filmed at DZ records. How did, how did that happen? I mean, it's, it's a cool place. It looks like to film a music video, you guys look like you were having a good time and really it's just kind of like a a filmed for for, uh, performance in there, right? Yeah, it's actually a
1: live video. So like the, the audio you hear is, is us playing live, um, in the studio. Um, so yeah, I mean the, this this place, Easy Records. I've seen their videos before. We we didn't have like a huge budget to do an all around music video, um, and I I'd seen their stuff before, and I was like, doing something in studio like this would be awesome. Um, you know, part of my like um, part of my team, they're doing like you know different ads for the album,
2: and they wanted to
1: have like a music video type thing that they could cut up and you know. Where you, where it's like the audio of the song and then they can put like follow on Spotify or like, you know, come to the show or something like that. So, so we were kind of looking around for something like that and, uh, it just kind of fell in our lap, I guess. You know, the, the team over there is super awesome. Um, and, uh, it's funny because the space at Easy Records, it, when you watch the video, the place looks really, really big. You know, and I've seen, I've watched a bunch of their videos and I was like, oh, this place is huge. And I came in there and it's, it's this guy's like tiny townhome house. And, uh, you go in there and you go down in the basement and it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's like going into like a studio apartment, but there's like all these cameras and like cool things set up in this, you know, this tiny room. And, uh, it's just because of the way the cameras are all set up that it makes it look so spacious and big. Um, but it was a lot of fun to shoot. It's up on our Facebook page. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's got like 12, well, right now while we're talking about this, it's got like 12,000 views or something like that. After, and I, and we dropped it a couple days ago. So I'm pretty happy with that. And people, people are still sharing it and watching it. Yeah,
0: so. Well, and and you're spot on. I mean, watching the video, it looks like you're in this huge space. I never would have guessed that it's just in this guy's house.
1: You know, that he's it's just super set up. trippy. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, okay. So before we let you go, Ethan, we always finish the podcast the same way every way. You know this because you've been listening. It's called the final four. <laughs> I feel I feel like now that you've heard a couple of the podcasts, you've been studying up on these questions because I should change them, but I haven't. So You
1: know what? I I didn't want to ruin the spontaneity, so I didn't I didn't like write anything down.
0: Okay. It I like I appreciate so it'll, that. It'll
1: still be a huge curveball. You're totally gonna throw one over me.
0: Okay, so here we go. We'll start with the first <laughs> one. It's called uh it what is your favorite place that you've ever played?
1: Um, right now it's Country Thunder. Um Country Thunder, we, we played there twice. We played there two years ago, and then we played there this year with uh, with Tim McGraw and Jake Owen. And, uh, I don't know, it was just awesome, man. Um, the, the It was fun to play at a fest like that where it's all country music fans, and they all are looking for new artists that are coming out and new music to get into. And then also, I don't know if you've you ever been to Country Thunder? I haven't. I haven't. Okay, so... you and I'm sure there's a lot of fests like this, but basically country thunder is like a weekend long camping trip and all the campsites are right, right next to each other. Everybody's wearing like boots and like short, short Daisy Dukes and like, you know, a t-shirt and, and the guys included short, short Daisy Dukes and boots. Everyone's just all muddied up and, and it's just one giant weekend party. And uh, we, I, I don't know, I had so much fun this year. We actually played, we, we played like two shows around our shows at Country Thunder because we were already booked out for the year and they contacted us and I was like, dude, we've got to play Country Thunder, you know? So um, it was a trip, man. Like we did a bunch of day drinking Friday and then went and played a show like in Chicago and then went back and played again, like for the Tim McGraw after party. So it was like it
0: was insane. It was See horrible. that that's awesome, and that's how that's how watershed is out here. I mean, people line up Wednesday night. The campground opens Thursday. You set everything up Thursday. You've got shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday on two different stages, and it's it's weird because it's exactly the same. Cowboy boots, short shorts, t-shirts, and tank tops. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. You're wearing the exact same thing all weekend long.
1: Yeah, yeah. My wife got me a. Uh... What the heck is this, the town called? What's the town called for Stranger Things? Uh, Hawkins uh, Middle School. Yes. Right, Hawkins. It's like Hawkins Lifeguard. She got me a Hawkins Lifeguard cutoff T-shirt, <laughs> like a belly shirt. I wore that when we played. It was pretty. Fun.
0: That that's awesome. Okay, so next question: What's the best show you've ever been to that you weren't a part of?
1: So I don't I don't really have a good answer for this. Uh, and the reason is, is because I just haven't been to a lot of concerts, honestly. Um, we, like, when I was, when I was, like, 16, I, is when I started, like, playing, playing, like, anywhere, you know, I did a lot of, like, restaurants and things like that, and I've just been playing a ton, you know, and so I just, I haven't been to a ton of concerts. We did go see, uh, I've seen, uh, Kane and Smith at Joe's, uh, live, which was pretty cool. But we were, we were playing like a little after party thing. So I guess technically I was a part <laughs> of that. Um, a lot of the cool shows I've been to, I've been, I've been opening or, or playing afterwards. Like we played, uh, we played, uh, uh, we opened for Zach Brown band at Rooley Field. That was awesome. Um, but I, you know what? I went and saw Easton Corbin at the sandwich fair in sandwich illinois and I, I was not a part of that show at all so that was so, that was pretty cool he's a, he's a good guy
0: those are that's i mean that's not a, a bad pick but i mean with 200 shows in a year i can't imagine that you have a whole lot of extra time to be like yeah i want to go check out this concert that i'm not going to be at
1: yeah it's, it's a big joke we have like we we when we do talk to other bands you know i I try to stay in touch with like who's playing and and what they're doing and you know people who are putting out new music and stuff. But the big joke is like, it's like oh I'll totally come see you play sometime. And then you're like yeah dude I'll totally you know we're always like we have to come see each other play. And I'm like you know what let's just set up a double bill and then we'll get to see each other's show. There you go problem solved. <laughs> so, okay. Problem solved and so, then we don't have to take a night off you know so.
0: Okay so how about this one if you could play at any venue anywhere in the world where would it be.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this because I, you've already, like you already mentioned it once. You're like, dude, everyone picks that place. But I saw the live video of the Zach Brown band playing at Red Rocks, and like, I just want to play that place so bad. No, it just I, looks like the most beautiful venue to play, like just to exist at, let alone to like headline a show at. It just seems like the coolest place ever. Yeah, you know? I, I can't fault you place. for that.
0: I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about red rocks being a washington boy i've got to always lean towards the gorge and and watershed but man red rocks is is definitely it's got to be top top two scenic venues in the country hands down
1: yeah well you know what like for me it's just like it's like cool we'll play there someday and then it's like then it'll be somewhere else you know it's like then it'll be somewhere else so like I, I'm looking forward to that someday. It'll be cool.
0: Okay, here we go. Last one. If you could share the stage with anybody, alive or dead, who would it be?
1: Definitely a Zach Brown band.
0: I, I feel like I could have guessed that one.
1: Yeah. Dude, they're my they're my they're my favorite band, man. And it's it's not just their music that I like, but it's the idea of them. Yeah. And, and it's the it's the whole idea that like Zach, like Zach Brown started out like the same way I started out just like playing at like restaurants and bars doing a little acoustic thing. And then he slowly put a band together and they toured for like 12 years before they even put out chicken Fried. Like he played in this, he played in his band for 12 years doing college shows, doing cruises, you know, and, it, and, and just the, the grind, you know, the way that they did it. And then, and then they, they, put out their first album it was a huge success they've they put out their other their next two albums huge success they built their own festivals they have their own campground he has his own record label now and now they exist like almost completely outside of of everything like they have their own small empire you know and it's like the idea that like it's like they they use the system to like to like build themselves up and now they just they just are doing their own thing and I just I think that's so cool and like there's and that's why he has the freedom to do as much as he as he has you know and it's like he he went and put out an EDM record and like his his new solo album and like all that stuff it's like he's just like dude I'm I can do whatever I want I don't have to answer to anybody about this stuff so I don't know I think I think that whole idea is really cool and like and I I enjoy uh, all the guys in his band too are like all fantastic musicians. You know, it's like, they're not just like good. And it's like, okay, cool. They can play Zach Brown band songs. Good. It's like, they can play in any band for like literally any band. And they would, they would be amazing in them. You know what I mean? It's like, and that I, I just respect that a lot of
0: all well, of And one of my, one of my biggest like musical fan regrets of all time was I was living in Oklahoma city. Uh, We went to the Oklahoma state fair in 2009. Chicken fried was on the radio and we, there was just this random stage set up in the middle of the fairgrounds and we heard chicken fried and we're like, Oh, we know that song kind of walked over and watched part of it and then walked away after, after half of a song. And I'm like, man, this guy, he, the amount of talent that I could have seen if I had just stayed and watched the rest of that set. Would have. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that you're like, man, I really wish that I would have would have seen that, just because it's a it's a cool thing to experience, just a Zach Brown band show in general.
1: Yeah. Well, I hear nothing but good things about their. I've never I've never seen their their live show. You know, like when we opened at Wrigley, we got to listen to their sound check, mm-hmm. and then we had another gig that night, so we went and played another gig instead of listening to Zach Brown band. <laughs> That's, that had to kill you. Which, i it really did, yeah, it was already- co- it was already contracted out though. So, you know what I mean it was yeah. like it was another one of those things where we were we were booked way out and booked way in advance, and then we got this dropped on us, it's like, hey, by the way, you want to open up for Zach Brown man at Wrigley Field, and it's like, of course, let's make it work, you know, so but um, but yeah, man. I've heard nothing but good things. I mean, there's some people, like, they play too many random different things. and It's like, that's why they're so amazing. You know, it's like you either kind of love them or you, like, totally hate them. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. There is no in-between. Well, Ethan, man, thank you so much for taking the time. We've been at this for almost an hour. I appreciate you jumping on here. And uh, we're definitely going to have to do it again at some point in 2020 because you got some big things going on.
1: Yeah, I'd love to, man. And I'm, I, uh, I'll stay in touch too, man. I, lo- I love your show, and uh, I'm gonna keep listening.
0: So, well, and if you're, if you're gonna be in Nashville quite a bit next year, maybe we'll have to uh, find a time that I'm down there also, and, uh, and do this in person. Cool. I'm down. Awesome, And, Guys, before you leave, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast. Give us a five star rating on iTunes, and go follow the Ethan Bell Band everywhere on social media. Ethan Bell Official on spotify or itunes or wherever go hit that follow button so you get notified when new music comes out but that was another episode of the tea party podcast the country music podcast where you find new friends and new music like ethan bell and ethan bell band we'll see you in the next one